You're listening to John's Cast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nick. And mate, uh, more of the same. Despite starting well yesterday, you know, we, we won a first quarter, which is unbelievable. Uh, I think the first time since round two. But uh, yeah, it was more of the same after that. We struggled to find a way to score. And um, yeah, Port's big bodies really monstered us. Uh, in the contest, so yeah, not a disappointing you know, day out for the Bombers. Yeah, it was, mate, and you know, for mine, uh, again, it was like Port structures and uh, their game plan held up, uh, whereas ours fell away under pressure pretty quickly. Um, also, you could just see Port wanted it more. Their run and spread really killed us. That uh, they, they always had options to go to when they were bringing the ball up and down the ground. Whereas uh, we really had to fight and scrap for for any bit of um, you know territory, which uh, to me just shows how far we are offered as a side, um, and also you know our selections didn't help going into the game. Uh, there were some very tough matchups. Obviously, Zerk Thatcher against Dixon was a big one. I mean, early I thought Dixon like definitely uh, monstered him early. Uh, but to Zerk Thatcher's credit, I thought he fought back pretty well after that. However, you know, we continued to have these massive mismatches. You know, there was there was a part in the game where Gleeson was up against Lysett, and you think, Jesus, like he's giving away height, size, everything. Um, so it was just a really perplexing uh, game where, you know, <laughs> really I, I, I think we were sort of lucky to lose by only the 50, uh, because they certainly could have uh, put a few more on from that. Yeah, and these teams that have got finals on the horizon, you've got to understand that they're just wanting to bank the points, um, you know, and, and move forward and look ahead. So you understand that they're not going full tilt in the second half, and um, despite that, they still made us look, you know, you know, we're second rate compared to them, and you know, it's been a really tough year to watch for Bomber fans. Uh, you know, every game you think that, um, you know, we're, we're totally overshadowed by the other team's game plan and the way they move the football. And, my, you know, the only thing I'm thinking, mate, if I could, uh, you know, maybe have a theory, uh, maybe Ben Rutten isn't minding that uh, this has been such a bad year because when you think about it, he has a great platform to start again next year. Uh, expectation will come down. There won't be a lot of people picking Essendon in the top eight, so he'll have a bit of a free run at uh, creating his own game plan. And you know, we don't know how much um, overshadowing uh, Warsfold's done of Rutten. So, to me, that's the only positive. If I'm Ben Rutten, I'll be thinking of, although I'm getting questioned because everyone knows that it's my game plan. Uh, I might have a free run of it next year because I'm not going to have the expectation of people thinking we're going to be a top four side. Um, you know, I can go about, I can get the players that I feel need, that I need to fill my um, game plan. And, um, yeah, I think that's the only positive light for Ben Rutten. That's not for the fans, but for Ben Rutten, he'll have a free run of it next year without much expectation. Yeah, that's probably a fair point, James. But, you know, mind you, in saying that, for us fans, it's still really disappointing that you got John Worsfold fronting the press conferences and 
his language after the game was just uh, horrible to hear uh, from mine because, you know, he's, he's basically calling us, uh, you know, sort of arrogant and, uh, you know, wanting more than we deserve, you know, saying, oh, you know, no one's, no one's given anything, um, you know, you have to, you have to earn it. Well, geez, John, you've had, what, five years at the club now, uh, and you've let us know where. So, uh, to have you sort of say that, uh, you know, we're, we're asking a bit too much by, uh, I guess, demanding success as a supporter base, um, you know, it's not, um, it's not from nothing, John. Like Essendon uh, was a very proud club, and we've certainly stooped a long way uh, since those lofty heights. And you know, I think enough's enough. So, um, as much as it might seem like a free hit for Ben Rutten, I think um, you know it doesn't show a lot of backbone from the club that you're still wheeling out John Wordsfold to the press conferences. Uh, but that's just my sort of opinion on that. Oh, definitely, and yeah, the language is. Totally wrong, you know. Uh, you know, to mention, oh, Essendon people, you know, they they want things just to happen. Well, it doesn't happen that way. You've got to work hard. You know, that's just rubbish, a rubbish comment. And that's, even his language has changed. You know, he, he's a guy who's trying to find a job elsewhere. Um, you know, he's made that quite clear. So he he's not held to account for any of his comments after this year. You know, he'll be gone next year. He'll be off, at, you know, maybe... Fremantle, that's the uh, the rumour. If he's out there, good luck to them. Um, but he doesn't own any of these comments this year. And um, I just found it really weak from the club that they have not put Rutten out at once. And it, it doesn't have to be through the media. Give Rutten a platform through your members. You know, give him a one-on-one, you know, one um, you know, email where he can send an email to the um, members and say, Guys, I know you're hurting. Um, I know you know it might not look great now, but I promise you, we're working really hard, and we we think we can get to the next level fairly quickly. We just need to um, you know re reset our structures and so forth, and you know give us time and patience, and um, you know for you know over this next preseason, and we'll have our players ready for next year. Now, if, if I'm the club and I do that, now it's just words, so I'll take that you know on its merit. But I mean also. It, at least he's fronting us, and you know he's saying, you know, something that you know we need to hear. And he's really been largely absent from a you know media presence, and you know these one minute thirty videos that come out on you know the day before um, a game, you know they're just rubbish. They're just fillers, and um, yeah, I I just don't know why uh, the club doesn't want to present its uh, selected coach for the next three years to its members because he's largely unnoticed if you just watch the media conferences what's still Warsfold in everything yeah and to me that demonstrates a lack of accountability and also a lack of alignment uh, for where we are as a club I mean you can't go saying that we're going to get really good really quickly a few weeks ago to now say oh things don't happen overnight um, you know come on John uh, you've got to do better than that and Essendon Football Club you've got to do better than that uh, and that's from the top down, right from Xavier's comments last week, um, you know, <laughs> telling us to be patient. Um, I think we've heard that too many times. Um, and I think, I guess, what's disappointing for me, like looking at this game, is um, I actually think the effort was there from the players. Um, 
But where it's disappointing is that there still doesn't seem to be that desire to win every contest. Um, because, you know, you, you don't win a game, you know, off, off, one, uh, off one effort. You know, it's got to be a four-quarter effort all the way through. Um, so certainly the effort was better, but I mean, when you even when you look through the stats, you can just see how far we are off it. So like disposals wise, uh, Port had sixty odd more disposals um, than us. Inside fifties, they had forty five to our thirty two. Now, um, like obviously they had more control of the ball and were able to get it in there, but it was they actually um, had more efficient entries. So efficiency inside fifty for Port was fifty five point six. Uh, to our 40.6. Uh, so again, it's that um, thing where if you're not getting it in there very many times, you really need to make it count, um, where we we just weren't able to do that. Um, you know, stoppages, uh, it was all fairly even. I thought our midfield uh, largely held up, but it was our structures up and down the ground that when the ball was in play, um, Port had more numbers at the contest, more people running through, uh, and they were all sort of run away with it. And you just look at the uncontested possessions count. Like they had 53 more uncontested possessions. Uh, that just means we're continually trailing our uh, our men. Uh, and they're able to get sort of cheap footy. Um, which is uh, obviously uh, difficult uh, to win if, if they've got that. Marks. They had 22 more marks around the ground than us. So 66 to our 44. Um, so that's obviously disappointing. And look, it was a wet night, so um, you know certainly there was a, a lot of uh, sort of greasy ball. But I mean, they were still able to take sixty-six grabs, uh, so they just had uh, yeah made more of their opportunities. Marks inside fifty, they had twelve to our three. So to me, that just says they had more composure when they did have uh, opportunities go forward, uh, and they. They missed a lot of shots, uh, which we are very <laughs> fortunate. You know, Charlie Dixon missed a few, and uh, and others. So, uh, yeah, really, this this could have been a, a much bigger loss than it was. But it, uh, at the end of the day, they still had that composure to to take the mark, to have those opportunities uh, to kick a goal. Uh, contested marks, we did a bit better. So we had uh, nine marks to their six. Uh, so a few blokes like Jimmy Stewart and. Uh, and that sort of held up. Uh, Joe Danher took a couple. Uh, unfortunately, his, uh, his boot wasn't on in this game. Um, you know, but really, um, again, now, the, it's disappointing when they've had much more of the footy and we still have less tackles. So they had 64 to our 52, um, which, again, just, just tells me they wanted it more. Uh, they were willing to fight and scrap and this was a this is a team that is at the top of the ladder, um, so you know they didn't want their players to get injured. They just wanted to, um, as you say, mate, uh, bank the points and get on with a win, uh, which they did. But still, their players are saying, "Geez, I've got to I've got to fight for my spot in the side because I want to be playing finals football." Um, so that's where their desperation was coming from. Uh, whereas it just seemed a lot of our players had that lack of application to the contest. Yeah, that's right, and I think what stood out to me, and it stood out all year really, our inability to hold tackles. So many times we put the token arm out there, it seems, and it's just brushed aside. We're not playing, um, you know, like we have in the past, like even prior to this year, we were pretty good tacklers. Um, 
it was good to see Dev Smith. I think he got seven tackles on the weekend. So, um, you know, it's been a long time since he's had that kind of a number. So maybe he's starting to come back a little bit, you know, coming back into the play. But, you know, he's playing down that half-back flank. He's finding the ball a bit more. But, um, you know, to me, as a team, we just can't hold our tackles. And we're not putting that ball pressure on. You know, the only game that I recall that uh, looked anywhere near our best is against Collingwood. The tackling ferocity that night was brilliant. And um, obviously it was our best win for the season. But, you know, we haven't been able to reproduce that in any other game. And, you know, even yesterday's game in, you know, wet conditions, you know, to not hold your tackles is really poor because once you miss the tackle... You go to ground, the other player stays on his feet and they get the ball forward and then they're outnumbered because they've got more numbers than us because we've got players you know, trying to tackle and then going to ground and then putting themselves out of the contest. So you know, that's really disappointing that we can't hold our tackles. Um, and um, I guess the uh, other news, mate, I just wanted to bring up before we go too involved into the game, um, there was an announcement yesterday that Luke Ball... Uh, has been, you know, ineffectively uh, terminated from the Bombers uh, due to COVID-19 um, restrictions. You know, they have to cut back the, the um, admin and, and so forth. And there'll be more names to come, mate. I'm hearing uh, loosely that Mark Harvey will be also joining him. Um, <clears throat> that has not been announced yet, but that is the rumoured tip that uh, Mark Harvey will be another one that will be uh, paid to make way. And... Uh, that'll be sad for Haas, but he has had a good opportunity there and uh, we just haven't been able to rise up the ladder. Uh, not solely on Mark's um, efforts, that's for sure. But, yeah, unfortunately, during this trying time, there's going to be a lot of job cuts at all levels, including playing lists and so forth. They're talking about the playing list going down to as low. Uh, I heard someone say 38, which I find would be amazing because you basically have to cut seven players before you start the season, um, plus your three extras on top of that to get some draft picks in. So, um, <clears throat> you know, playing list numbers still haven't been decided or been named to the public at least. Uh, I think 40 is probably more doable. And that will mean, you know, you know, in effect, we've probably got 45 players, 46 players, you know, to come down to 41, probably a bit more manageable. But yeah, um, sad to see some of these announcements that um, you know, with Luke Ball going, we didn't see a lot of him through the media or anything. But uh, he's a well-respected man throughout the AFL circles, and yeah, unfortunately, he's had to make uh, way. And we'll see if that tip that I've been given that Mark Harvey will also follow, um, if that comes true, that'll be a um, a bad one as well. Yeah, it will, mate. And I guess. Like these are, are tough decisions that the football club has to make. Uh, so uh, it's it's sad that they've um, you know had to do that. I mean, you know, everyone knows uh, Luke Ball. He's he's such a he was such a fierce competitor on the field, and uh, he just looks like such a um, yeah clever mind um, of the of the game. Uh, no doubt he'll find himself a job at AFL House. Um, you know, he's. he's got a good brain for footy and um i guess it is unfortunate he was unable to um i suppose uh, make a big impact to the Essendon football club uh, certainly we haven't heard much uh, about 
how his role has has made an impact there. Um, but again, you don't know what's happening behind the doors of the club. Um, and yeah, as you say, if if halves is gone, um, yeah, like I suppose it'll hurt in that a um, you know another bomber legend makes way. However, as you say, he has been there a while, um, and uh, yeah, I guess these are the tough calls we have to make in this environment, uh, which really brings it home that we're not out of the, the COVID situation yet. It's still making impact and will ha- continue to have an impact, um, you know, with, uh, I suppose, budgets being cut, the the playing list is going to be cut. Um, so I guess, you know, for the players... Um, it's it's sort of um, I guess out. It's hard for me to see the players out there, and you'd think if you were fighting for your spot on the side, you'd be throwing your body at everything. Like um, you know, looking at this game, blokes like Guelphie, um, who I mean, for mine, I, I like I love him as a player, but he's not your most talented bloke. But what he does every week he plays is he throws his body at everything, and that's the kind of desperation I wish I saw from. A lot of the list, um, but uh, a lot of people don't seem to be playing with that sort of passion, um, that energy, because yeah, when you see missed tackles and um, like terrible kicking, like um, it, so, I do wonder what the culture is like at the club, because um, certainly from an individual individual standpoint, you you only get so many um, so many years in AFL level 40 if you get there at all um, and it, I suppose it's it's a bit of a paradox when you know you know you're going to be fighting to continue your career but uh, you know that the passion just isn't there for the jumper so uh, certainly a lot of questions down at Bomberland and some uh, very hard decisions that will have to be made at the end of the year yeah that's the only thing mate that um, you know this off season is going to be very uh, very rough I think um, for a lot of people in and around the Essendon Footy Club, um, you would think, I would hope, there's going to be some really big questions asked, and if they can't be answered, then those people need to be moved on. And um, you know, if you've got players that can't learn this game plan that we keep hearing about, that must be so complicated that you know only very few people can pick it up, then you need to get rid of those guys that can't understand it because if they haven't understood it. After you know a full season of um, you know COVID nineteen footy, I dare say they're probably going to be slow learners and probably won't pick it up at all. So um, yeah, Rutten needs to you know make some tough decisions, find out what he wants in his side. And just lastly, before we go into the match review, mate, uh, the decision we just spoke about, Carl Hooker publicly damning him, basically saying that yeah you know, he we. John went into that even further after the game. He said, um, we drop players that we don't think are going to come back anywhere near their best the following week. Now, to me, that's just a real backhander for Kale. Um, and I just don't know what's behind it. It seems puzzling because, you know, you base him on his last efforts. It was against Tom Hawkins. Uh, he only had the one goal kicked on him after, you know, half time when he went back. And, um, yeah, for some reason, Kale Hooker... Is being publicly shamed, uh, basically saying that you know he's nowhere near you know getting back to his best, and that's why we dropped him. So um, 
you know, maybe on the day, you know, the match conditions weren't great, but when you look at, you know, playing two Ruckmans in the wet, you know, the club had time to assess that. Um, you know, I would have felt more comfortable with Hooker there than um, maybe a Phillips because, you know, Phillips had minimal impact that day as well and, you know, it was, just wasn't a day for big men. But, um, yeah, it's a strange one why Walsfold is making it very clear that uh, Carl Hooker was definitely dropped and um, he's a long way from his best. Yeah, for, for mine, like we said in our last pod, mate, it's a total lack of respect for Hooker. He's um, done everything for this football club. You could not ask for a better servant of the club and the game. Um, you know, he he just played his 200th game, and uh, and this is how we uh, you know treat him for his services. I like I feel ashamed of the club uh, for how they've handled that. And John's comments just uh, you know put further salt on the wound. Um, you know, certainly, I'm. Um, I'm really disappointed that that's um, the message that the Essendon Football Club stands for um, because it shows a, a total lack of um, you know, respect, not only for, for Kale Hooker, but the, the champions of the club. Um, you know, and we've heard John Worsfold before, you know, when people have criticised him or the Essendon Football Club for their performances. Uh, you know, he's, he's had a go at, you know, Matty Lloyd, Adam Ranraskis and, and Dean Wallace by saying, oh, you know, I've heard a lot of people make some comments and they just sound like, you know, six-year-olds with the sort of complaining they get up to. Like, Jesus, John, you know, wake up and smell the coffee, mate. Um, not everything is fine and dandy. Uh, if you don't like opinions that, uh, you know, are a bit hard to, to face, um, yeah, I, I sort of wonder whether you're the man um, that should be leading us. And obviously, you know, we've made that decision that he wasn't going to be the man going forward, yet still... We continue to wheel him out and and be the mouthpiece for the Essendon Football Club. Um, yeah, as we finish off what has been a, a pretty putrid season. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> well, let's go into the game, mate. Eh? The, the game started and there was some worrying signs early. You know, Dixon had multiple opportunities. Uh, you know, and you saw just how outsized was Zerk Thatcher, and uh, you know. Obviously, the Bombers definitely made the decision to kind of, uh, you know, put multiple players around the ball near Dixon so that they had plenty of help. But, uh, you know, Dixon was just so strong. And that big mark he took down um, in the forward pocket, that was an amazing mark in wet conditions. Um, not throughout the efforts of Zerk Thatcher, but, uh, yeah, just Charlie Dixon, you just saw what an imposing person he is. And uh, he got their first goal. But um, thankfully, the ball got taken down the other end and uh, from a stoppage, Darcy Parrish got possession and snapped a very nice goal. Yeah, he did, mate. And I, I really liked Parrish's work in the middle. Like He's just so quick. He reads the ball so well um, you know, in the centre contest. And, uh, yeah, we saw how good it was. He he sort of leapt on that footy. Um, the immediate, uh, you know, as soon as he got the ball, he looked for a, a good option, um, sized it up and goes, nope, there is no uh, better option, and just chucked on the left and went through for a goal. It was, it was beautiful. And, like, you know, with Parrish, like, this is the fantastic thing we've seen of him going into the middle. Like, I, yeah, throughout the game, he was able to impact more contests. And we saw, even in that first quarter, um, like, he was good in the middle. We saw him help out down back, um, you know, getting around the contest there. 
Uh, and then obviously down forward, so he's uh, he's getting plenty of run, uh, reading it really well. So it was a great start for him. But as you say, like Charlie Dixon, he was just licking his lips at that contest. Like even before the the ball bounced to get the game up and going. Uh, fortunately, uh, sort of missed two or three opportunities. Uh, obviously, kicked that that goal after taking that one hand up. And you know there was nothing Zerk Thatcher could have done in that contest. He's just too big, too strong. Um, he was never going to be able to get to that ball. Um, but, you know, another shining light for us this season has been uh, Jordan Ridley. And there was that beautiful kick from him uh, from half-back to hit Stringer on the wing. And then Stringer hit Danaher about 45 metres out on a bit of an angle. And you sort of think, you know, you know, it was on the wrong side for a left footer. But, you know, weirdly enough, these are the sort of... Uh, ones that Danaher tends to kick, but it was an absolute shank and went out on the full, and his kicking was uh, just woeful all night for mine. I think that's a real big concern with Danaher. Like, considering how much you have to invest into him to keep him at the club, um, you know, he can, he's a wonderful player in terms of being able to win the footy and take marks and that, but he's just so unreliable for shots at goal. Um, that's the decision the club has to make in the end is that, you know, um, if we get a decent offer or, you know, decent compensation, are you willing to spend the coin to keep Danaher here, uh, knowing that he'll never be, uh, you know, anything other than a 50-50 shot at goal? And, um, you know, that's a question the Bombers have to ask themselves. But, yeah, that kick was just horrendous. And um, I understand it was a wet, greasy ball and, you know, that can happen to anyone, but uh, it seems to happen to Joe Danaher more than most. Yeah, it does, and he, he does make questionable decisions at times. So, you know, not long after that miss, like, he, he took another mark, which was good to see. But then he sort of swung around on his left without even looking to see who was around him, and, you know, he coughed up the footy. And so he needs to have better game awareness than that. I... Uh, you know, we all love seeing Joe when he's up and about and he wheels around and he actually does have a beautiful field kick on him. Um, but he just needs to uh, think through things a bit more. Um, but, you know, um, other highlights in that quarter. There was really good bit of work from Dylan Clark. You know, uh, sort of Draper went up for the marking contest and the ball sort of fell in Dylan Clark's lap and he, uh, you know... Uh, grabbed it and kicked it through for a goal, which um, which was really good. And uh, you know this this bloke, um, we're we're playing him in the forward line, which I still find baffling. But he's trying to make the most of his opportunities, uh, Dylan Clark. And I was I was really happy for him to to get that goal. I you know I'm I don't think I'm alone in saying I don't think he's suited in the forward line. But you know he's given it a red hot crack, and um, yeah, I thought that that goal was good reward for effort. Yeah, he's kicked uh, four goals, I think, this year, mate. Um, yeah, largely playing out of the forward line. That's not a lot, but uh, I was amazed to see our leading goal kicker, mate, this year is uh, Anthony McDonald Tip Moody. And now over the course of a, you know, we've played 16 rounds now, he's kicked 19 goals. Um, it sounds strange, doesn't it, that your leading goal kicker is someone who's kicked 19 goals out of 16 games. Yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, that's... It's been a trend with Essendon for a long time. Like, apart from that season where, you know, Joe kicked 60-odd, Hooker kicked 40-odd, um, uh, we really have lacked firepower in the front half. 
Um, and we're going right back to when uh, Angus Monfries won the um, won the goal kicking for us with like 32 goals or, or something like that. I just remember those sorts of numbers. You know, Stuart Cramery, I think, might have either won it or got close with, you know, maybe 31, 33 goals or something like that many moons ago. Um, so, yeah, you're right, mate. In a, in a season where you only played 16 games or so and, yeah, your, your top leading goal kickers only kicked 19. It's, uh, it definitely shows you our forward line um, hasn't been functioning uh, very well. Um, but look, in that quarter, I, I think for mine... Uh, after that Clark goal, there was a lot better pressure shown from the side. Um, and we even started to have a bit of a run of, uh, I mean, I wouldn't call it dominance, but we had um, we had the run of the ball. Um, there were some lovely efforts from Draper, Parrish and Guelphie. Uh, and there was uh, that hit by um, uh, Tipper to spin Wines like a top uh, and flatten him out. It was uh, just beautiful. But unfortunately, like even though we had uh, a lot of the footy for a while there, we just weren't able to capitalise and put on the scoreboard. But, you know, we, we did win the quarter. Uh, and as you say, mate, it was our first since round two. Yeah, that's right. And uh, considering how Port started the first term, um, you know, it did look very worrying. So it was kind of pleasing to see that we had a bit of backbone and we came back at them. And you know, going into you know, the second term, um, you just thought the players' effort was there, um, which, you know, to be fair... I don't think it's been a question of effort all year. It's been more about um, just our skill level and also our understanding of the game plan and our ball movement's been horrible. So um, yeah, it was good to see the effort was there. But uh, I think once Ken Hinckley got a chance to speak to his Port team, uh, he must have been pretty stern on them because they came out firing and made that second term. We really found it really hard to find a footy. Yeah, we did, mate, and that's where their run and spread really stretched us, and we started looking really shaky for mine, and we were lucky they missed a few opportunities early, um, but you know, really, Port Adelaide had the ball on a string, they sort of had it on on their terms, um, and when we had it, like there were so many times when we had the footy, uh, but Port just choked us up, and we weren't able to find any options uh, to go forward, so we kick it to a contest, and they'd win it out. Um, and they always seem to have players free and uh, be able to pick and choose their man. Um, so really for mine, it just looks like uh, they ran harder for longer for each other, whereas uh, it seems to me that uh, we've got a lot of uh, individuals out there that are uh, sort of more worried about their own game than uh, you know presenting an option uh, to help out the team. Yeah, so Dixon got his second goal, and interestingly... He got it like only two minutes into the second term, mate. Um, he wouldn't score another goal for the rest of the game. So um, that's a pretty good uh, thing for Zerk Thatcher to say. Like, I was totally outsized. Yes, the weather wasn't suited to a high-marking game, but I thought uh, Zerk Thatcher, you know, despite being all those um, Ks undersized, uh, he, he did a pretty good effort on the day. Yeah, he did, and I think it's important to note that he only got that... Um Second shot on goal. Uh, oh, actually, he had, a, he had a couple of set shots on goal, but um, you know, one of those came from a, a sort of free up the ground after a sort of late, late bump on the kicker. Um, so, uh, as you say, like, yeah, he did. He stood up. Uh, he put a fist in here and there to uh, to stop uh, 
um, you know, Dixon getting at it. Um, so oh, I thought he yeah did really stand up. Uh, but you know, I had to laugh at that matchup of Lysett versus Gleason. Um, I just sort of wonder what we were thinking. Um, but then again, um, you know, we dropped Hooker. So what options did we really have? Um, we we left ourselves very short down back, and uh, that's where Port were able to stretch us in that contest uh, as well. But look, in the highlights of um, that quarter, like I really liked Guelphy in that first half. Like in that first quarter, we saw him, uh, you know, taking a mark, going back with a flight of the ball, which is beautiful. Uh, but he was just throwing his body around at everything to help us in the tough contest. Like, and that was down back, that was on the wings, uh, and he plays with real heart, Guelphy, uh, which is great to see. So even though his uh, his disposal might not be, um, you know, reliable, um, his his effort and application of the contest is. But really, for mine, like Port were much too good for us in that second quarter. Uh, you know, kicking the five goals, uh, well, we didn't kick one. Uh, and remembering, we were very lucky that they missed a lot of chances. Oh, we were, and uh, I think Port got smarter as well. They saw how we were like flooding uh, Dixon, and they started to spot up players. Um, you know, when it were of all that space, you know, because of our players being focused on Dixon, a lot of their players had a lot of time and space, and they kind of picked us apart a bit. Um, one frustrating goal for me was when uh, Laddams got the goal he had over the ruck contest. Uh, that was just so easy. Uh, I looked at that and I thought, you know, a good side wouldn't let a goal like that get kicked. Uh, you know, Draper's still learning the craft, but even around the footy... Um, yeah, you know, we just watched that, and basically the ball was, you know, Draper tried to get a tap, missed it, it went to ground, uh, Laddam just, you know, picked it up and kicked it straight through. It was too simple for me. Yeah, it was, mate. And that comes back to, I mean, for mine, our selections, uh, you know, on the on the day and where we, where we have our players. So, you know, for large parts of that game, we had uh, Hibbert and, and Cutler down back. Now Hibbard, um, you know, we got him as a as a bigger bodied mid, but uh, you know we're playing him down back, and I don't think he's really suited to that role. Uh, yes, he cracks in hard and, and tries his best, but he he just doesn't read it, um, you know, from from a backman kind of perspective. And as for Cutler, yep, might be a great athlete, but doesn't like a contest, um, and certainly uh, doesn't like laying too many tackles. And um, I guess when you've got Two blokes uh, down there that you know aren't uh, suited to that sort of backline role. Uh, you're leaving yourselves open, and that's where um, you know Port were able to pounce and uh, make the most of their opportunities because they were able to sort of do it under uh, much less pressure than they might have been if we did have uh, you know experienced backmen such as Hooker down there. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, Jakey Stringer had a shot right on the boundary there, and he got plenty of help from the. Uh... Port crowd, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, he um, he obviously missed, but uh, yeah, that was followed by a Charlie Dixon miss, and then uh, Sam Powell Pepper, who um, yeah, he's an interesting he's an interesting player, mate. Sorry to say, uh, he's a he's a player that apparently we looked at strongly last year and couldn't pull the trigger. And I did see a comment on Blitz, and 
I was wondering, you know, probably pretty, uh, pretty good point. Maybe if the Bombers had have thrown up Fantasia, you could have got Power Pepper over the line, and he seems like the kind of player we need. Uh, yes, he can be a bit of a butcher of the footy himself sometimes, but uh, you got to admire the way he goes at the footy. Yeah, absolutely. Like that would have been a a uh, trade I would have jumped at. I mean, yes, uh, we wanted to keep Fantasia, but um, like Pale Pepper plays on the edge. Uh, he's a very aggressive character, uh, a very competitive character. Hates to get beaten, and and that's the kind of attitude we need to be bringing into the Essendon Football Club. Um, because certainly there's a lot of blokes out there that um, seem to be happy enough, uh, you know, nearly getting there or trying really hard. Um, whereas uh, you know these guys they just throw their throw their bodies at everything, and um, yeah, having a having a bull like that would have been a boon for us. Uh, but as you say, we just uh, yeah got a bit gun shy, didn't pull the trigger. That's right, and then you know Port really dominated the back half of that second term. Uh, you know, they had shots of goal from Myset, but then goals to Ebert and then um, Robbie Gray, and you know it looked like we were totally out of the game. You know, we're just totally outclassed, and we couldn't go with them. And they were winning the ball in tight, but then their spread was just as good. And yeah, we looked second rate in that second term, and. Um, you know, I just got the sense, was the club happy? Uh, am I going to hear at the end of the game what a great first quarter it was? And, um, you know, if we get, ever get to that kind of standards, mate, um, we know the club's in big trouble. Yeah, mate. But, uh, yeah, look, going into that third quarter, um, there were some disappointing efforts for mine. Um, you know, there was that one from, from Guelphie off the halfback, you know, we we're trying to get the ball out, and uh, really, um, he had plenty of time and space. But I think he just sort of spent it before he had it. Uh, I did like though that you know he didn't drop his head; he continually presented an option. And not long later, um, you know, he collected the footy when uh, he had Dixon just bearing down on him. Uh, so I thought it was really good from him to um, look. You know, we all make mistakes, and. Um, yeah, it was a wet night, so it wasn't an easy uh, sort of mark. But uh, you know, didn't drop his head and, and kept at it. So I thought that was uh, that was really good from Guelphie. Uh, but you know, our our continual problem throughout this season has been our um, our shoddy disposal. Really, you know, there was that bit of play where uh, we sort of linked up pretty good, and we got it to Shield, and he looked to be able to uh, you know bring it forward for us, uh, and then he just had this horrible kick which which coughed it up and it's just it, it really deflates you because you know we pressured hard and harassed to get the ball back so it's deflating to the side and um yeah certainly our disposal efficiency is uh is an area we desperately need to work on over the next preseason um and uh you know that continued on when Danaher sort of missed that gimme mark for him like in the forward line there uh, you know, he went to take a, a chess mark and it sort of skimmed off him. Yes, it was a wet and slippery night, uh, but it was a it was a big opportunity missed there. So, um, yeah, certainly uh, we, we've got a lot to work on. Yeah, Port started that third term, mate, with six behinds. Um, so uh, I take what you said, you know, really strongly. It could have been a lot worse. Um, you know, they just couldn't... Uh, 
hit the goal line, and it was actually us who got the first goal in the third uh, when Danaher picked up that, that ball, and instead of blazing away at goal, he squared it up and got Tom Cutler uh, his first goal. And, um, you know, it was good play by Danaher. He, he assessed the situation probably in the past. We'd expect him just to you know, blaze away, pin the ears back and you know, try and kick a miraculous goal. But he just did the uh, team thing and hit up Tom Cutler, who did the right thing and put the ball through. Yeah, it was a was a um, a good hit from, from Danaher. And as you say, very smart play on that occasion. Um, I thought like the goods in that quarter was... Um, like Jimmy Stewart, I thought, was, was quite good that quarter. You know, he... Uh, he did look a bit lost at times in the game, like down back. I mean, it's not an area of the game we've certainly seen uh, throughout his career, let alone just at the Bomberland. Um, so I thought he took some important marks for us uh, and really cracked in to try and get the ball for us. Like even he'd come up the ground and uh, try to affect the contest. And we saw him um, be willing to take the hit. Um, you know, there was, he was given a couple of hospital passes and he knew he had to go. Uh, so he tried to collect the footy and, and he was wrapped up pretty quickly uh, by Port. Uh, but I thought that showed real ticker from Stewart, so I was, I was really happy with uh, with how he applied himself. Um, and there was also um, you know, some, some good efforts around the ground, you know, whether it was from Smith, uh, Guelphie, um, because it was, it was very scrappy, because it was teeming with rain. Um... But, you know, ultimately, we weren't able to uh, make good use of the, of the footy and, and Port still held sway uh, going into the fourth. And another red time goal, mate. Uh, that was really disappointing too, you know. Um, after Cutler sc- got, scored that goal and Port had six points before that, um, yeah, we allowed that easy goal to Rockliffe right on the death knell, basically. And you know, instead of evening the quarter... Uh, Port, you know, took a goal, one goal extra into the uh, into their lead, and you know, it's just something that Essendon's really been poor at this year is allowing those red time goals, and that continued uh, in the third quarter. Yeah, it did, mate. Um, so yeah, let, let's hope we can get some. We need some experience and uh, some real competitors back. Like we've really missed Paddy Ambrose this year, and. Um, you know, that's certainly a contest. I reckon uh, Paddy Ambrose would have shut down uh, pretty quickly. Um, so, yeah, well, certainly a big preseason to look forward to. Um, but look, going into the fourth, um, you know, Guelphie was down half back and trying to get us out of trouble, but tried a bit of a cute kick over Charlie Dixon, uh, which didn't really turn out for us. You know, Charlie Dixon sort of jumped up, smothered it, and got it going their way. and they kicked the first goal of that quarter. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that was really the story of it. You know, we we try to, to do things, but um, try to bite off a bit more than we can chew. We just don't have the, um, I suppose, the, uh, the ability to, um, you know, chip the ball around uh, because we were under pressure at all times. And I thought, like... Parrish was really good. So while he wasn't clean with a footy, like we saw him, uh, you know, sort of just boot it and unfortunately like it would be coughed up to port. But, you know, he, I just love that he kept cracking in right to the last, um, you know, from, from start to finish of the game. Uh, I thought he was uh, really good. Uh, and there was some good work uh, by young Braden Ham to get on the end of one and uh, 
and kick through a goal. Like obviously he didn't have a, a big game on the night, but this is a young kid who, uh, you know, we reckon he's, he's going to be a real good talent for us. So I thought it was really important for him to to keep uh, keep his effort up and uh, you know keep his um, keep his head up and uh, yeah make the most of the little opportunity that he had. Um, because I reckon there's going to be a real player in the future uh, with Ham there. Yeah, he just needs to put on size, mate. Like, you would hope he is going to be able to do that because some play- people just can't. Uh, we see with Gleeson, he's always had that problem as well. You know, they're probably bigger than when they first arrived at the club, but they're never um, what I would call AFL standard strength-wise. And um, you can certainly be found out. So I think that's the area of the game, Braden Ham. He's a brilliant worker. Uh, his you know, running capacity is really high. Um, so, you know, he he's definitely could be a good player. I think he's got a decent kick on him as well. Like a, I think he can hit up targets and he's, he's got quite a long kick despite him being of uh, a small frame. But, yeah, he's just got to be able to, uh, you know, impact on more contests because I think it's hard in today's AFL world to be just an outside player. Um, you need to have... Ability to win on one-on-one contest, and I think that's where he's lacking at the moment. But um, yeah, he's he is very slight. But <clears throat> yeah, Port through Boat got another goal, and then we saw Dylan Shield go back. And um, you know, these are the goals that we ask him to you know at least have a go at. So at least he did that for us. But um, yeah, the kick never looked like it was going to go through. And um, yeah, that's an area of the game, Dylan Shield. If, if he's to become the player that we've paid for in terms of our two first-round draft picks, we need him to become a goal-kicking mid, and we need him to, you know, maybe get some help in there to make to release him a little bit more to make him even more valuable. Because at the moment uh, he's winning the ball, but you know those possessions are you know, real coach killers in a way. Like, you know, he's a real turnover merchant, and um, you know we we really need him to improve that. I thought. At the start of this season, I thought his kicking was a bit better. So it's something that's got a little bit worse as the season's gone on, but maybe that comes with pressure as well because we know the Bombers have been under a lot of pressure in these last eight games. We've won one out of the last eight, mate, and um, yeah, confidence must be really down across the board. Yeah, and I think it's important to remember that when he was, his kicking was getting better, well, that's when we had Stringer uh, playing a lot more time in the midfield. Uh, where he was playing that inside bull role, um, because as I've said, you know, quite a lot over the course of the season, like for mine, Shield isn't an inside mid. Um, you know, we need him on the outside using his burst run and speed, and you know, for him to be kicking under pressure all the time, well, that's when he's he's coughing it up. Yes, um, he can improve with his uh, you know composure with the football and. Uh, and yes, he needs work on his on his goal kicking because even when he had the shot, I was I was I was happy he took the shot. Uh, it's important he uh, takes that responsibility on. Uh, but he never looks confident when he's uh, you know having a set shot for goal. Uh, so that's definitely an area of the game he can work on. Um, but as you say, like we need more help in there there for him. Uh, so it was it was baffling again. To see, look, we, we named Hibbert in the side and we didn't play him in the middle. Um, uh, same with Clark. You know, this this bloke's a guy who's uh, proven himself at VFL level uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, to Yeah, he can, he can accumulate the footy and get inside. He doesn't mind throwing his body around. Uh, but, you know, we're not giving him that opportunity, as we've previously mentioned. You know, even Townsend, um, 
you know, he... He's proven himself to be a bit of an inside bull, uh, you know, with the Richmond VFL side, um, at least when given the opportunity. Uh, so it's it's sort of funny we haven't even bothered to, to try those um, things. Or even a Guelphie. Uh, you know, Guelphie wants to be a midfielder. So why not chuck him in there? Because we've seen these, his application at the contest is second to none. He, he, he just loves throwing his body around, plays with real passion. So, um, you know, if we could get someone in there to, to dish the ball out to a to a shield that'll allow us a bit more composure to lower our eyes and um, hopefully hit targets which we're sorely lacking at the moment um, but I mean you know unless you've got more highlights to sort of talk about um, for that game James I mean you know Port ended up winning by 50 points so um, look at least I tipped that one mate right on the nose but um, you know it certainly brought me no pleasure um, because Port were far too good for us and uh, we looked pretty meek uh, for the most part of that game. Yeah, no, well done, mate. You did tip 50 right on the dot, and you got it. So, um, yeah, I would have liked you to tip uh, something different but um, uh, and get that one right. But, yeah, no, you did tip the 50 points, mate. I'll give you that. Um, we didn't get the trifecta, though, so gonna, <laughs> I'm going to rate you harshly, mate. But, um, <laughs> but uh, good effort. Um, all right, well, we'll have a break, and we'll come back with the Don's Cast Medal votes. And, uh, yeah, we'll see who's uh, on top of the leaderboard. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Don's Cast, and we usually do our Don's Cast medal votes. And, mate, we've completed the second last round. So uh, going into the last round, let's find out who's going to be in front. Uh, why don't you start with your votes first, mate? Yeah, beauty, mate. So uh, for the one vote, I've gone for Matt Guelphie. Um, as I've said you know, previously in this podcast, I, I thought he was really good in terms of his uh, his effort, his application to the contest, and um, yeah, really showed his hardness and um, you know why he's uh, you know making a good run to to keep his spot on the side. And look, he got sixteen disposals in the end, uh, twelve kicks. Had the two marks, uh, but made three tackles, uh, which was good, and um, had 241 metres gained for us. So I thought his effort was really good. We saw him a number of times, uh, you know, the things that don't show up in a stat sheet. So that pressure around the ball, around the man, presenting options, like even when if he wasn't used, um, you know, to, to draw a defender, uh, I thought was really important. So, um, you know, one vote to him. Uh, two votes have gone to Dev Smith. I... I thought, um, you know, he's actually starting to move a lot better. This uh, role at halfback that he's been uh, played on seems to have, uh, you know, given him a new lease on life and he seems to be reading the ball uh, a lot better and uh, a bit more energy in the legs. So he actually uh, racked up the most disposals for us. Uh, had the 26, uh, so 13 kicks, 13 handballs, 50-50 there. Had a couple of marks, uh, but seven tackles. So that's huge numbers for Dev. Uh, with 402 metres gained, I, I thought it was a really important night for Dev Smith. And uh, you know, certainly even in that last quarter there, we we saw a couple of efforts that were just, um, you know, fantastic. You know, he impacted one contest and then picked himself up to uh, grab the ball and, and dish it out. So, um, yeah, it's a good effort from there uh, for Dev. Uh, three votes have gone for Zach Merritt. Uh, had the 24 disposals in the end, 16 kicks. Uh, took four marks, 
made five tackles. So that's fantastic from Zach Merritt to show that defensive aspect as well as the offensive side of his game. And four clearances with uh, 439 metres gained. I, I thought it was a uh, really good effort from Zach Merritt. And, um, look, I think when you... Um, when you're up against it in terms of a, a contest, um, you know, we've, we've noted that Zach Merritt's been in a uh, purple vein of form. Uh, it can be easy to um, to get the ball sometimes when you're playing well, but it's it's harder when your team's getting beaten. And I think uh, it shows true class of Zach Merritt to continue to present, continue to be racking up these numbers, um, you, know, when, uh, you know, when we are getting beaten around. Uh, the contest, so I thought that was a really good game from Zach Merritt. Four votes have gone to Darcy Parrish. I thought it was just a fantastic effort all night from him. Uh, so we kicked that goal to, to get us going in the first quarter. Had 22 disposals. Uh, later tackle, I mean, he's only recorded as the one, but we certainly saw quite a lot of um, efforts from, from Darcy to uh, you know pressure his man and uh, you know lay a, lay a bump here and there. Uh, but the big thing for mine was he had nine clearances, which is absolutely huge. We've just seen how well he reads the, the ball. He's got beautiful hands below his knees. Um, he's that sort of, you know, one grab uh, player that he, you know, picks it up with one smooth motion and uh, is able to dish it out. Uh, and had the 315 metres gained uh, for us on the night. And uh, look, while he's... Um, his obviously fitness base is developing. We've seen him uh, improve at how he's been able to impact on the contest throughout all four quarters. Um, but it's important to note he only had 75% time on ground. So he's continuing to build his tank. And uh, look, hopefully this is a, a big stepping stone for him going into another pre-season uh, to take that next step next year. But I thought a really solid game uh, from Darcy. But the five votes I had to go for uh, Jordan Ridley. Uh, you know, our, our defenders were up against it all night and uh, Jordan Ridley uh, really stood up for us. Had the 23 disposals for us, uh, 16 kicks out of that. Uh, took four marks, but had 564 metres gained for us. And certainly in a game where uh, we weren't finding it easy to get the ball up and down the ground, his ability to uh, you know keep at the contest and actually hit targets uh, on a wet and greasy night was uh, was just fantastic to see. There were a number of efforts where he actually got into the uh, to the midfield, uh, like obviously not the standard bounces, but when the ball was in play, uh, he picked the ball up off the ground and you know tried to break through a couple of tackles. Um, look, he's still got that slight frame, uh, but he's still developing as a as a young player, and uh, it was just great to see him take on the on the contest and really try to will us forward. Uh, through his efforts, so I thought it was a, a really solid night from Jordan, and that's why he got the five votes from me. So how did you read it, mate? Yeah, I, I went one for Dev Smith, and uh, yeah, he got the most possessions for us. But uh, I was looking for more effectiveness, not you know that, that he could help that, but uh, I did love that he got his tackle numbers right up there with seven. Um, you know, he's a real competitor. We know that, and uh, I just think he's going to be a player that. Could have a big uh, 2021 uh, if he gets a full preseason, gets his body right again, gets that endurance back up. Um, you know, we might see the best of Dev again. But, um, you know, I gave him the one vote. Um, you know, the, these votes, it's always hard in, when these games are, you know, pretty um, 
pretty hard to find winners all the time because, you know, we've got players that are, you know, not winning the footy and, you know, you can judge them harshly because of their kicking and so forth. But I gave Zach Merritt two votes and the reason I gave Zach uh, the, the votes is because I, yeah, he did get the most clearances on the day, but also I just felt that he uh, his efforts defensively were great. Uh, his kicking was not up to standard, uh, which is a bit disappointing. He, a lot of turnovers on the day. Uh, he wasn't alone there. And that's what separates, uh, you know, a, a midfielder. You can't just look at possessions um, because, you know, if you're not making full effectiveness of them, you know, they don't count for much. But, um, you know, his work effort on the defensive way is you know, admirable and, um, you know, I'm wondering, you know, with the Heppel injury news, uh, will the Bombers, you know, change captains? And if so, uh, despite not being in the leadership group, will Zach Merritt be that man? Um, three votes I gave to James Stewart, mate. I actually liked his game, um, despite never really playing down back much. Um, I thought he, his hands looked really sure on the night and, uh, you know, he took a lot of good marks and, um, yeah, I think it's something he could build into. Yeah, obviously, I still think his best footy's up forward, but it was a good decision by the club in that way because, yeah, he if I had played him forward, I think he would have just been, you know, just left down there, and you know the ball wasn't coming down that often, and then when it was, it wasn't very good um, possession rate. So, uh, you know, it wasn't clear disposal. So, um, yeah, I thought it was a good game by James, and um, you know, he took those seven marks and. Um, you know, I think there's something there that he can learn. Um, even if he can, you know, potentially do a like a a Kale hooker, go back and forward when the time needs. Like, obviously, his defensive craft needs a lot a lot of knowledge and um, work. But uh, yeah, I thought his hands were very good. I gave four to Dylan. Uh, sorry, four to um, Darcy Parrish. I, I agree with you, mate. He he works so hard and. Uh, you kind of feel more assured when he's around the contest. You know, you, you generally feel like he's going to pick up the ball and make a good decision. So, yeah, I, I thought Darcy had a really good game, um, you know, and he's someone that I'm looking forward to. His year, I, I hope you can really um, have a really big year next year and um, start off by getting a bit more midfield minutes, which he has in the second half of this season. Uh, that could help him. Uh, to progress his career next year. And, you know, the five A's, I agree, mate. Jordan Ridley, um, you know, he's been a shining light, especially, you know, as a young player. Uh, you know, seeing him and Andy McGrath, you know, were named in that, um, you know, in the contention for the best under-22 side the AFL has. And it's uh, clear to see why. You know, he's a you know, really smart player, uses the ball well generally, and, uh, you know, good hands, and, yeah, he's a player that could also have a big 2021, uh, depending on what support he has around him, but um, you ever wonder, mate, just quickly, do you think he'll ever be a player that uh, is pushed up the ground more, or do you think he'll always be a floating halfback? I think uh, he's actually a player that, um, I mean, we've sort of said even at the start of the year that I think he would suit a wing position um, because obviously he's, um, he reads the play really well, he's, he's got a good rope, loping run on him uh, but he's a beautiful kick of the footy and we've seen when he has uh, you know come up the ground a bit 
His entries inside 50 have been absolutely beautiful, and that's the part of the game that we are sorely lacking in. Um, so I, I reckon, you know, while he's fantastic down back, geez, he'd be, you know, a, a mouth-watering proposition to to have on on the wing or even on the sort of half forward line. Because if you were a forward leading to to Ridley, you'd be licking your lips every time because you know he'd kick it to your advantage. Um, he he weights the ball so beautifully um, to you, so you'd be able to take a. Uh, better mark rather than these sort of um, you know floaters or or those stab passes you you sort of see where they're very difficult to mark and uh, yeah I guess um, it's one of those things you know do you rob Peter to pay Paul and take him out of half back because we know how dependable he is down there um, you know we, we get a lot of our run um, you know from blokes like him and Saad from that back line there uh, and it's it's just one of those. It's a real shame because you know, obviously, with Kenner McKenna rather uh, retiring, um, you know, if we had the luxury of having McKenna and Saad down back, perhaps you could release a, a Ridley. But I think he, right now he's just too important to us down back. So um, yeah, I don't know. What do you reckon, mate? Uh, I think eventually, you know, depending on who you got as a forward, you know, uh, I know it's pie in the sky stuff, but you know. If you were to get a Jeremy Cameron, um, you would love to have Jordan Ridley directing the ball to him. Um, but obviously, you know, even Danaher would, would appreciate better ball movement and so forth. But uh, yeah, I guess that's all you know stuff that we'll find out uh, in the future. But I just thought I'd throw that up because um, you, know, you can see when he does get the ball around that wing area or you know approaching the half-forward line, uh, he generally uses the ball pretty well, and you know, as you say, it helps the forwards when you get that delivery. Mate, why don't you tell us uh, what the overall votes are at the moment of the Don's Cast Medal? Yeah, beautiful, mate. So if I go from the bottom, bottom rather, um, so one vote each to Cutler and Mosquito, two votes to McKernan, three votes each to Townsend, Guelphy, Laverde, Bell Chambers and Hooker, four votes to Danaher, five each to McDonald, Tip and Woody and Phillips, Six each to Zaharakis and Jim Stewart. Uh, seven to Hurley. Nine to Stringer. Thirteen to Draper. Sixteen to Smith. Twenty-three to Langford. Thirty-seven to Parrish. Forty to Shield. Fifty-three to Sard. Sixty-seven to McGrath. And right out in front is Zach Merritt with 83. And then Jordan Ridley uh, with 87 Don's cast medal votes. Wow, so Zach and uh, Jordan looks like it's going to be a race of two for the uh, Don's Cast Medal votes, mate. So the game against Melbourne uh, might tip one over the edge, or you know, if they both have good games, you'd think Jordan would hold on. But um, yeah, it's a, been an interesting uh, project doing this, and as I said to you, I'll be more interested to see um, how our votes, yeah, how we've had our top ten when the Crichton Medal gets named, because obviously, you know. The club does it differently to us, but it'll be interesting to see what players we maybe undervalue that the club values more than what we see, and um, vice versa. Um, you know, what did we see that the club might not have? But uh, yeah, that'll be interesting to see on uh, Crichton Medal Night. Certainly will, mate. And you know, you you look at blokes like uh, Snelling and uh, guys that you know he's kept his spot throughout the the whole year. And while we've sort of acknowledged, yep, he's a 
he's a good inner sort of player and never lacks for uh, for effort. Um, you know, there's obviously something he, he does that the, the coaches appreciate for him to keep his spot on the side all year. Um, so, yeah, like I said, uh, we'll see what happens, uh, you know, in a few weeks' time. Yeah, all right. Well, um, let's have a break, mate, and we'll go by the numbers. Uh, you know, it's always hard to do these by the numbers after a big loss, but uh, we'll keep going because that's what we're committed to. So uh, we'll be back after the break. Donscast, and as we uh, always do, we do by the numbers after a game, and we start with Darcy Parrish, and mate, we both gave him second best on. Uh, you know, he worked really hard, especially around the ball, and uh, he snapped that nice goal, uh, but won a lot of clearances, and I thought that um, you know he looked really good in there. Yeah, he did, mate. Fantastic effort from Darcy. As I said before, you um, continue to develop and. I'm really looking forward to him using this season as a bit of a launching pad into 2021. Um, but another really good game from Darcy Parrish. Yeah, it was. And uh, let's hope Darcy gets those midfield minutes uh, increased uh, for next year and you know we get to see the best of him for longer. Because I think he's had a pretty good year, but early in the season he just wasn't getting the same opportunities now. So and we're starting to see the fruits of that. So... That's good for him. Uh, Kyle Langford is a little bit quieter than um, we've come to have known this year. He's been a really good contributor this year, but uh, I didn't notice him as much on the day, mate. Oh, I mean, I, I actually thought he had a, a pretty solid game. There were a couple of moments there where uh, he did show a bit of composure uh, with a ball. Like there was one, that one in particular I've got to mind where it was on the half back there. He sort of uh, bent down to pick up the footy. There was about six blokes all around him and, he sort of used his big body to, uh, you know, extract the ball from the contest, uh, get out of the contest and, um, you know, kick it forward for us. And, um, yeah, there were a few moments like that for him. Obviously, not as many as um, as we'd like because certainly when he did have the, the footy, um, you know, he tended to make pretty good decisions with it. Uh, so had the 18 disposals in the end. Um, you know, one mark, one tackle, uh, but had two clearances. So... Um, you know, I think, you know, he's uh, he's still putting together some decent footy for mine, uh, but he still needs to uh, work on developing his, his game sense and um, when and how to impose himself uh, because I think that's the, the part of the game uh, that he's sort of lacking. He, he kind of seems to be one of those players that uh, waits for the... I guess the the contest to come to him, uh, but you need to sort of impose yourself in the contest, particularly being a big bigger body bloke uh, in a side where we're we're pretty short uh, throughout most parts of the ground. Um, but yeah, I, th- I thought he actually didn't play a, a bad game. Yeah, it wasn't such a bad game. It was just more just didn't stand out as much as he can do. Like you know, he didn't go up forward uh, really much, he, and when he did get the ball, it was always under a lot of pressure, and that so that's credit to Port. But, um, yeah, I think he's had a great year and uh, obviously he's out of contract, so let's hope the Bombers retain his services. Uh, the next player, Devin Smith, and he had the most possessions on the night. Um, you know, he's got a lot of the ball, uh, playing down on that half-back line, and, um, you know, he's a real competitor. He got the seven tackles, so, yeah, he had a really good game, didn't he? 
Yeah, he did, mate. And while his disposal efficiency wasn't wasn't as uh, great as we'd we'd probably like, I, I don't think that's more. I don't think it's really his uh, sort of fault. You know, we just our game plan uh, is a bit uh, scattered at the moment and doesn't allow you to make uh, you know best use of the footy. And certainly our our uh, options were getting choked up by Port's defence. Uh, yeah, but a really solid effort from from Dev, as we spoke about before. Yeah, uh, Joe Danaher, um, tough day for him. Uh, you know, he took a couple of marks, which was pleasing, but you know, his kicking boot definitely wasn't on. And uh, he did set up that nice goal to Cutler. But, uh, yeah, it was a tough day for him. You know, understanding the wet conditions didn't suit. Uh, he seemed to be moving well, so that was pleasing to see. He didn't seem to be you know, pulling up short at all. So... Uh, from an injury perspective, he seems to be okay. He seems to be getting through the games pretty well, actually. So that's pleasing. But uh, this is a bloke that hasn't played much footy in the last three years. So I've uh, got to cut him a little bit of slack. Um, hopefully a full pre-season if he stays with the Bombers. And we'll see him near his best next year. Yeah, well, if he does, mate, um, let's make sure we get him a kicking coach. Because uh, yeah, he definitely needs his boots on... Um but uh, yeah, look as you say, like it was good to see those those three marks he took. Like there was that one where he sort of um, you know took it off his bootlaces, which is a bloody good effort for a, um, for a bloke as tall as he is. And uh, yeah, just needs to I suppose tidy up um, and you know get that better game awareness up because uh, there were certainly a few moments there where uh, I guess he didn't think through his um, disposal very well. Uh, but as you say, there was that good bit of play to uh, pass it to Cutler to get that goal. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how he pulls up for next week. Yeah, Zach Merritt continued to find the footy like he has you know, in the last few weeks, actually. The last eight weeks, probably. Uh, he's had a pretty good uh, way of finding the footy. Disposal hasn't been as sharp this year overall. But um, yeah, I thought on the day... His effort defensively was really uh, good to see, and um, you know I think with a better season next year in terms of preseason, and then getting him back out in the park, hopefully he can refine that elite kicking that we know he's capable of. Yeah, and I think that'll come if we're able to support uh, him more in the midfield with getting an inside mid, because um, he's he's sort of having to do both jobs at the moment, uh, extracting the footy. Uh, from the clearances and uh, and then trying to uh, you know effectively dispose of the ball to get into our forward line. Um, but another fantastic game from Zach Merritt, and it was really pleasing to see his uh, you know his five tackles to go with his clearance work, and uh, yeah, obviously still collecting plenty of the footy. Uh, you know, despite how we're going all over the ground. Marty Gleeson, uh, he's he's been able to hold his spot in the side crew and. I thought, you know, again, his kicking's a real worry. Um, there's one part there where he got the ball in the you know, back pocket and he just kicked it straight to the Port player. And, you know, I thought that was incredibly poor. But I'll give him some credit. Uh, later in the game, he, he started to back himself in and got a you know, double fist to a couple of uh, balls where he's left his opponent and had an impact on where the ball was going to. So, um I thought that was more pleasing that he, you know, backed himself in to do that. But uh, yeah, his field kicking's been pretty poor this year, to be honest. Um, 
when he has elected to kick, he generally likes to give it off handball. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know about Marty. I think um, you know, some tough decisions will be made at Bomberland and one might just concern around Marty Gleeson. Yeah, I think you're right, mate. I mean, for mine, um, yeah, it didn't really have much of an impact on the game. And, uh, you know, I guess for mine, where he was able to get two fists to the footy, well, I sort of don't get why you can't mark it in those circumstances. Um, uh, and again, because he is so slight of frame, even when he does throw himself at a contest, uh, he's able to be sort of shrugged off uh, pretty easily. And particularly when you're playing up against a bloke like uh, Scott Lysett, um, you know, it's a very big mis- mismatch. So, um, yeah, I mean, for Marty Gleeson, I mean, he had the eight disposals in the end, but five of those were those sort of dinky little handballs and uh, his total metres gained for us was 69 and um, you definitely see the difference between what uh, a player like Marty Gleeson uh, could could bring us and uh, you know what you know Connor McKenna was sort of giving us uh, last year uh, it just pulls apart so um, yeah I think he might find himself in the firing line which uh, you know like, honestly, you know, we don't like to pot players or anything like that. Um, he's been a great servant to the Essendon Football Club, uh, but just hasn't been able to find any form or confidence throughout this year. Uh, did have a goal, goal assist to his name, um, but, um, yeah, it might be, uh, you know, tough for Marty uh, going forward. Yeah, he just hasn't uh, improved. You know, he's had a few injuries here and there, and he just hasn't improved to the level, you know, if you're going to carry someone that slight of body into an AFL season, then they have to be, you know, really valuable. And I just don't think he's answering that question. So to me, um, I think Truck will want a more settled back line and it'll be interesting to see uh, what our incoming and outcoming players are because we'll get a fairly good guide on what Truck is looking for. Dylan Shiel, he found the footy again, but... um. Yeah, his disposal really knocks him back and um yeah, some of his kicking is just yeah, you know, horrendous to be honest and you know, that's the one area of the of the of his game where he's definitely he's he's a brave player, mate. I'll, I'll give you you know, some people might have called him a pretty boy and rah rah rah, but he he definitely stands over the footy and he, he cops his right whack. But um it's just his kicking, that's the that's the one area of his game that if he could improve that, he would be, you know, climbing up to the more elite kind of players in the competition because he's got that great run and he can find the footy. But the kicking's such a negative that it really brings his performance back. Yeah, it does, mate. Um, but I think you're right. Like his his application to the the contest can't be questioned. Um, he's hard at it, and he's actually brought more of a defensive mindset to his game than I, I think he previously demonstrated. I mean, in this game, there were a couple of instances there where uh, Port were looking to sort of whip the ball out of our defensive 50, and he's he's got to the contest and chucked a fist at it and, uh, you know, either got it out, so we had a second entry into our forward 50, which was really important. Um, and it's little efforts like that. I mean, even going through his stats, you can see, like, he had five tackles uh, for the night, four clearances, so he's he's trying his guts out. Um so and I think that's really promising to see because even even though his disposal is down, he's still uh, you know finding a way to get the footy and um, 
you know, for for mine, uh, even though he isn't in a rich vein of form, he still managed to to rack up twenty four disposals. Um, had that shot on goal, yes, he missed, but uh, I think it's still really important to keep that positive mindset um, that you're still in with a shot. Um, so, look, let's hope we can get some more support around these blokes because, uh, yeah, Dylan Shield definitely needs someone who's more of an inside bull in that midfield uh, because I think he definitely struggles, uh, you know, being our, uh, our inside mid in there at the moment. Yeah. Um, Tom Cutler again showed that yeah, footy doesn't seem to be his strong suit, and not, and again that doesn't that sounds like a pot, and it probably is, but I mean, he seems I don't want to say scared, mate, but it, he seems I'm gonna say it, he, he seems scared around the contest, to be honest. Like, uh, I just see these half-hearted, you know, throw me arm out, and then once the player gets past, it goes through. Uh, I've been really disappointed. I, you know, the player that I thought we were getting was this, you know, hard-running wingman who had a beautiful long kick on him, um, you know, could, you know, be a 70-metre player. And by that mean, run your 15 to 20 metres and then bomb at 50. But, um, yeah, we just haven't seen that from him. And I think he's, you know, unable to go in hard at the contest is really going to limit what he does for the club. And, yeah, I've been, you know, probably a harsh critic, but... I, I think it's warranted, you know, I want to see players who, you know, have a little bit more fire in the belly and it just doesn't seem to be there with Tom. Well, how do you feel, mate? Yeah, I'm, I'm the same, mate. Uh, like, there were so many times where, yeah, those little half efforts at, I guess, making it look like he was trying to tackle, uh, but, you know, Port would just break through it, no worries, like it was a turnstile. And, um, like, there was even some efforts down back, where like the port player had the ball, uh, and Tommy Cutler is a is a quick bloke. He is an athlete. Uh, he's a really good runner, um, but he he just didn't it just didn't look like he was chasing as hard as he could have. And you know, as you say, mate, like we wanted a bloke who was uh, you know hard running win win uh, could you know he's got a beautiful long leg on him, but you know for his eight disposals, James. He had 57 metres gained in total, uh, which I think is you know, really damning because, like I've said it before, if your role is that sort of wingman, your role is to basically um, bring the ball from the back line, get it going forward for us, and um, yeah, sort of give us best opportunity to try and score the goals. Um, wasn't able to do that. Yes, he was played down back. Um, which, as I said before, isn't a position I think he's particularly suited to, um, because as you say, that he just doesn't seem that interested in in making those hard contests and throwing uh, throwing his big body around, uh, which is a bit of a shame. Yes, he kicked that goal, but um, yeah, didn't really show much for mine. Um, you know, listed as having the the two tackles, but you certainly need more. Um, you know, from a bloke, and, and really, this is his. His second go at AFL footy, so I'm a bit surprised that uh, he's not giving it everything he's got. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess we'll we'll see what happens with Tom Cutler going forward. Um, you know, obviously, I believe he's with us next year as well. James contracted, um, so it'll be interesting to see what role the club has in mind for him, or um, you know whether he might be sort of languishing in the twos uh, until we sort of. 
uh, let him go, but certainly he'd want to have a big preseason and really work on his contested effort because um, yeah, certainly uh, lacking uh, in last night's game. Yeah, still still not confirmed if he did get a two-year deal offer, mate. Um, I'm not sure if there was triggers in there or or what, but um, yeah, there is some talk it could be a one-year deal, but um, I did hear originally it was a two-year deal. So, um, you know, the way contracts are structured this these uh these days is usually little triggers and so forth so it may have been dependent on what he was able to produce as well but if not uh he's with us next year hopefully a full pre-season will help him out and um you know he really needs to work on that contested part of the the game because uh it's quite glaring uh that he lacks in that area jordan ridley continued his great form we both gave him best on mate not much more to say but uh, yeah, what a shining light he's been. Absolutely, mate. And uh, look, you know, there was talk some weeks ago that we've put a four-year contract uh, in front of him. I'm hoping that's true and I'm hoping he gets signed because, um, geez, we'd, we'd hate to lose this bloke. Um, he's been an absolute beacon of hope for us in what has been a pretty dismal year. Uh, but another fantastic game from Jordan Ridley. And James Stewart, I gave votes. I thought he did quite well playing in an unfamiliar area and... Took a lot of marks, and I thought he, you know, was one of the reasons why, um, you know, Charlie Dixon only got the two goals in the game. I think uh, Port did choose to go through other avenues, knowing that Stewart and uh, Zerk Thatcher were double teaming down there. So I thought, yeah, you know, just didn't, by doing that, he had a, quite an impact, and um, yeah, it was good to see James Stewart moving freely and taking some good, good strong marks. Absolutely, mate. Like. Um... There's five marks, and I think, you know, it might have been four or so of those were, were contested um, marks or intercept marks. Um, so he's done really well. Had the 11 disposals all up, uh, which doesn't sound like big numbers, but, you know, when you're down back just uh, trying to, you know, punch the ball and make sure their forwards don't get it, I thought he did really well. He came across, um, you know, in front of the contest a couple of times and uh, used his big frame to, uh, you know, I suppose, outbody some of the um, port forwards and even came up into the ground and um, tried a bit of work there. And as I said, like uh, one of his, um, you know, areas of de- development, uh, you know, previously was that he uh, wasn't using his big frame. He wasn't uh, a real physical player, but I thought he really uh, demonstrated that he's done a lot of work in that area because he certainly wore the tackles uh, when, when they were presented. He... Um, wasn't afraid to, you know, when we when we gave him a hospital pass, he, he took on the responsibility, took the footy, he knew he was going to get hit, and he took those hits and got back up for the next contest. So I thought, yeah, a really solid game from uh, from Jimmy Stewart. And, uh, yeah, nearly made it into the votes for mine, but obviously you've, uh, uh, yeah, you've gone uh, for th- three votes for Jimmy Stewart and, uh, yeah, well-deserved, I thought. Yeah, um... Another game for Jacob Townsend where, you know, we almost expect sub-10 disposals. I think he had seven on the day and um, he certainly tackles hard when he does get you, but, you know, he's, he seems a, a little bit off the pace, to be honest, mate. And uh, I don't know about his validity as a senior AFL footballer. Um, I just don't think he has enough impact throughout, throughout a whole game. You know, we can count probably 10, 11 games, even more that he's played have been, uh, you know, just his inability to find a footy is really 
um, quite quite damning in terms of you know you're playing a lot of game time. Uh, yes, you're playing up forward, but uh, you know his efforts is, is definitely there. But he just, as I said, he looks a step off senior level footy. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, mate. Like there were a couple of highlights in the game. Like he took a couple of good marks and. Oh, like he's only recorded as having the one, but uh, you know one was taken off him. You know one of those frees to port, but um, like there were some signs he was he was trying to get more involved in the game. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. You know he just doesn't show enough, um, and you know really uh, his seven disposals. Um, yeah, and that's that's probably a high for for Townsend. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of his games, he's getting you know, more in that four or five mark. And um, while he does hit hard, he only laid the three tackles. So uh, we definitely need more from a bloke. If you're going to name yourself as best 22, because um, that, yeah, I think you're right at AFL level, that doesn't really make the grade. So, yeah, pretty average game for, for Townsend for mine. Jakey Stringer struggled again on the day. Um, you know, he just hasn't looked right since his return from injury. Um, yeah, there was a part there, mate, where they had that wrestle and the top came up and, um, you know, he's, he's been body shamed a fair bit on that. They're basically saying there was a tire wrapped around his gut, but, um, yeah, he just seems to be a player that, you know, hasn't been able to get his fitness back after that injury and, um, you know, maybe we're throwing him in way too early, but, you know, he's only had the, uh, five disposals and. You know, it was a tough day out for him, and it's been tough ever since his return from injury. Yeah, it has. But for mine, um, you know, you'll you'll back Jackie Stringer to refind his form every day of the week. Um, I, as as much as he hasn't been able to, um, you know, really turn it on for us since his return, I uh, actually don't mind the decision to to play him uh, because he'll refine his form and, um, really the big thing is, uh, you know, finding that speed of AFL level footy again. And I think certainly, you know, in a season where we don't have a VFL side and, uh, you know, those, those scratches really don't provide much of a, uh, sort of benefit, uh, proposition, uh, for your players. Um, you know, it's, we're better served, playing Jakey Stringer in these games uh, where he can, you know, at least, you know, get out on the ground. And um, I suppose it's more that continuity of, uh, you know, playing uh, playing with each other. And um, because, you know, we've, we've seen before where we've tried to chop and change who's, who's going to play where. And it takes a long time for that chemistry to sort of build. And uh, so while he might not be getting the rewards in terms of disposals or goals and, and that kind of thing. Um, building that chemistry in, you know, who's in the side, uh, your leading patterns, all that kind of stuff uh, will certainly help us going into next season, I feel. Um, he did have a couple of shots of goal. Unfortunately, he didn't kick him. But, um, you know, I think that's even a, a promising sign that he's able to have those shots on goal. And, uh, look, you know, he was, he was positively flying after last preseason. Um, so let's hope he, he gets another one under his belt and, uh, you know, he can work on, uh, you know, trimming up his, his body a bit uh, for next year because I, I think what we saw at the start of the season was he was able to get into a lot more contests in the midfield and uh, sort of use that bigger frame he has to, uh, you know, to sort of block players out and, um, you know, allow blokes like Sheil and 
and merit to sort of run onto the footy uh, a bit easier, uh, which is big for us. So, look, while he, it wasn't a great game from, from Jake, I'm, I'm certainly going to back him in to, uh, to have a big pre-season going into 2021. Yeah, he's, he's going to be an important player for us, no doubt. Um, Brendan Zirk Thatcher, mate, he... Um, yeah, you're not going to rate him on disposals because he only had the four. But I thought his effort down back was pretty good. Um, he was totally outsized. But you know, to keep that Charlie Dixon only to the two goals, uh, someone offered me that at the start of the game. I certainly would have taken it. I certainly think Port uh, didn't direct their ball through Charlie Dixon in the second half, especially. But um, I still thought Zerk Thatcher's efforts was really admirable and. Uh, I think there is a player there. Uh, you know, we need him to be because we know Hooker and Hurley are in the back end of their careers. So we we need Zerk Thatcher to be, you know, that young player coming through that can hold down a key uh, defensive post, uh, along with um, you know Brand, who's coming into the uh, you know or should come into the Essendon Footy Club through the draft this year. Um, one of our next generation academy guys. Um, he's got good wraps on him as a backman, so maybe those two can form. Uh, you know, a really good effort down there on um, our key defensive posts. But, um, yeah, Brendan Zirk Thatcher, how did you rate his game? Uh, I thought he did his job. Yeah, I, I thought he was uh, pretty solid down there after being overawed early. I mean, really, with the amount of misses Dixon had, he probably should have kicked five or six. Um, but, you know, Zirk Thatcher didn't drop his head, which is uh, a fantastic thing to see from a young player. Uh, he kept at the contest all night, uh, throw a fist in here and there. And as I say, it's one of those games where you can't mark him on disposals alone, um, nor the stat sheet as a whole, because, uh, you know, he's only noted to have made the, the one tackle. Uh, but the amount of 1% he was involved with, uh, whether that's a, a fist to get the ball out or um, even throwing his body into a to contest to allow other people to run onto it, I thought was really important. Um so, yeah, a, a solid game from Zerk Thatcher, you'd have to say. And as you say, mate, with a uh, with another pre-season under his belt, you know, getting a bit more size and, um, you know, learning a bit more about how to position his body and that kind of thing to uh, go up against these uh, big monster forwards uh, will be certainly valuable uh, for him uh, and us as a whole as the Essendon Football Club. Definitely. Uh, Braden Ham. Uh, we both mentioned, you know, he's, he's undersized. We, there's no doubting that, but um, we both think he's a player of the future for us. Um, he struggled on the day. He got a goal, which was nice to see. But, uh, you know, those wet conditions means the ball's generally going to be hard to win on the outside and it's going to be usually uh, pretty tight. And he struggles in that environment at the moment just with his body size. Um, so he only had the uh, eight disposals. Um, oh, sorry, nine disposals, but uh, it was pleasing to see him get that goal. You know, he had to think through it and guide the ball through. But, uh, yeah, he needs a big summer in the gym, I reckon, for uh, Braden Ham to go to the next level. Absolutely, mate. Lock him in there and, uh, yes, force feed him and all the rest of it to put on a few kegs because uh, uh, he certainly needs it. He's, he's outbodied too easily. Um so, um, but look, as you say, like his his effort um, around the ground is, uh, you know, not questioned. He's he's obviously cracking in as much as he can, uh, but just uh, not able to make it because he's uh, not only is he slight of frame, but he's uh, not your tallest player either. So, um, 
nah, but he'll, he'll get better. And it'll be interesting to see next year whether we go back to, to full 20-minute quarters uh, because I think his endurance as a runner uh, would be great to see. He's not able to use that really as an asset at the moment because with the 16-minute quarters, um, people who are more burst players are able to sort of maintain their effort um, Whereas, you know, that extra four quarter, the four minutes rather, for every quarter adds up and you'd certainly see other players uh, to start to labour. Whereas that's where I think a, a player like Braden Ham would really be able to shine uh, with his running power. So, look, um, yeah, a player for the future. Uh, yeah, pretty average game, you have to say, from Braden Ham. Not through lack of effort, but just uh, not being able to find uh, enough of the footy. Yeah, uh, we decided to play the two Ruckman. We gave... Uh... Andrew Phillips the game and mate he was largely unsighted uh you know he had the three disposals um all handballs but uh yeah I, it probably wasn't a game to go with the two ruckmen and I would have liked the club to be a bit more bolder and um even had a, a another runner you know like use one of your emergencies through there but um yeah they decided to play them both and you know I didn't think it serviced the side very well I it didn't, but um, you know, I, I think he um, you know, certainly tried to present um, down there. Like uh, I saw him a, a bit more down down back, and sometimes up forward. Uh, but obviously, with a greasy foot, he was uh, it was hard for him to to take any marks. Um, did have the seventeen tap, so um, yeah, he's obviously applied uh, his craft uh, when called on. Uh, had a couple of clearances, uh, but. Yeah, as you say, um, largely un- unsighted. Uh, only played the 73% of game time, which was sort of interesting. You know, if you're going to play a bloke like that, um, you know, you, you want to make best use of him. So you, you sort of wonder where the value proposition there was for Phillips. Um, but, you know, as it was, you know, he he, he tried as hard as he could. And, and that's what we've uh, seen from Phillips. He's an honest toiler. Um, but, uh, yeah, I suppose you couldn't say anything more than uh, he had an average game. Yeah, I think they the reason they had to play him was that, obviously, Draper can't ruck the whole match. Uh, there's a reluctance to put Danaher into the ruck, which is understandable, coming back from injury. Um, and then they had a plan for Stewart to play down back. So I understand their reasoning for playing the two ruckmen, but, um, you know, on the same token, uh, it was a wet day, Um you know, if you play Phillips resting forward, you've got him and Danaher down there. It's hard to um, generate a score when you've got you know two big guys labouring down there. And um, although Danaher can have a bit of agility and move, obviously a lot more uh, freer than a ruckman, uh, it still looked like we were pretty um, off the pace with him in the side, and uh, not directly to him, but more just the, the way we were set up. Um, you know, Mac Welfie, we both gave, you know, really good review in terms of his efforts and you gave him votes, mate. I can see why he definitely uh, puts his body on the line. There's a couple of times where he took some hits and, you know, he uh, he never complains. He, he goes in hard and you know, he's, he's definitely a player that you've got to admire for the way he goes at the ball. Absolutely, mate. And even in that first quarter, he uh, came off with the blood rule. He uh, uh, had, had claret... You know, just gushing from his nose there. Um, but it didn't stop him from uh, applying himself at the contest. Uh, yeah, I thought he was... He really stood up all night. And while his disposal might not be 
uh, as effective or as pretty as you like. Um, you know, you've got to admire a bloke who just continues to throw himself at the at the contest and um, yeah, get the ball going for us and, and playing with a bit of passion. Uh, Dylan Clark, he, you know, again, we we both think he's played a bit out of position currently when he's named, but uh, he had the ten disposals, kicked the goal. Uh, yeah, he's another player that will wear every contest. Uh, he doesn't shirk anything, uh, Dylan. Um, and you know, I can see he's got some good strengths. His kicking's, uh, you know, the the big knock on his game. But I didn't think that stood out on the day. I think his efforts was there, and uh, I just solely think he's played out of position, and that's why he's, you know, not getting possession rate up. Um, how did you see his game, mate? Yeah, I actually thought he didn't play a bad game. Like considering where he was played, and that's not not a position I think he's suited to. Um, he cracked in really hard, and um, there was quite a number of uh, instances where uh, in the forward line where someone had to go at the footy, and he continued to present. Uh, it was sort of disappointing, like you'd see blokes like Anthony McDonald, Tip, and Woody, and that sort of uh, watching the contest and not going. Uh, at the mark, and that's where Port were able to rip it out and take it away. Whereas uh, Clark threw his body in there and was willing to wear the hit. Like there was one big hit. It was either in the third or fourth quarter. It just got absolutely smashed by. Uh, it might have even by Boke or something like that. But you know he knew that someone had to go for that contest to try to get the ball uh, continuing forward for us. Uh, so he he went, and uh, I thought it was really admirable. Um, so kick that goal, obviously, uh, you know, ball sort of fell in his bread basket and he chucked it on the boot and put it through, uh, but had the four tackles as well, uh, as well as the clearance. And, um, you know, while he only had the 10 disposals, you know, five kicks, five handballs, he had uh, 200 metres gained. So, look, I think his value proposition is, um, you know, I guess more than uh, you, you sort of might might expect from the... I guess a limited amount that he did have the footy. Um, but again, like this is a boat being played out of position. So I hope the, the club have a real think about where they see players like Dylan Clark. Uh, because I know you, you can't really sell to me that, you know, he'd make a good forward pocket or, or anything like that. Um, I'm hoping he gets a run in the midfield uh, at least this last game of the season to, to show what he's all about. Uh, but yeah, I guess we'll we'll uh, we'll see that next week. Uh, but I thought a solid game from Clark. Yeah, uh, Sammy Draper tried hard in the ruck. Obviously, he's now our number one ruck choice. Um, yeah, he had it tough going against uh, the Port ruckman. You know, Lysette's a very experienced ruckman. Um, you know, so I think yeah, he, he did his best on the day. He's, I love the way he's physical and, you know, he tries to take on anyone um, that comes in his way. So that's good. Uh, yeah, I didn't think it was one of his better games, but again, it was those wet conditions that probably didn't suit him. But yeah, I, I think he's definitely one that he's, he's going to remain as our number one ruckman. Yeah, mate. And you can see why, because as you say, like, while it wasn't his, his best game, he, he threw himself at everything, had the 19 hit outs, uh, two clearances. Uh, had a goal assist there, uh, took a couple of marks, and um, yeah, look, there's a, there's a real play there, and um, you know it's it's important that even when you aren't having your best game, you continue to 
make an effort at the contest, and he definitely did that. His aggression is uh, is fantastic to see, and you know another preseason, um, you know particularly you know thinking that you know he's he's only recovered from an ACL not long ago, so it's not like he had a preseason going into this year. So uh, yeah, that'll be really important for him uh, going into 2021, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he's going to produce. A uh, player that's held his spot pretty much the whole year has been Will Snelling. Uh, I didn't see a lot of him on the day, mate. And again, um, yeah, I've been a bit perplexed that we've stuck with him the whole year. You know, I didn't think his form's been, um, you know, that strong. You know, he's he's definitely a good effort player. But, um, you know, uh, to me, uh, I'm surprised we haven't given some other players a go. But Will Snelling, uh, what do you have, eight possessions on the day and... Four kicks, four handballs, and a couple of tackles. That's about it. And, you know, these are the kind of games that, uh, you know, would have been more suited to him, I thought, you know, being low to ground and, you know, liking a contest, but just couldn't get into the game. No, he couldn't. I mean, he was there and thereabouts around the contest, but as you say, he couldn't really get involved. And that's the perplexing thing for mine because, like, for me, uh, Will Snelling had probably be more suited to going down forward in that sort of forward pocket role uh, because he is a good uh, good kick of the footy and has been known to kick some goals over the over the time he's been at the club. Uh, so it's sort of a bit strange that we didn't uh, switch him and Dylan Clark around and put Dylan Clark more up the ground to get involved in the, uh, in the contest there. Uh, but, you know, as it was, uh, you know, he's, a, he's obviously a solid trier. Will Snelling, but you know you couldn't really say he had anything more than an average game. Yeah, um, Adam Saad. Yeah, I, I gave him an apology really that why he wasn't in my votes. You know, you couldn't deny his effort um, on the day. Just, I guess I'm marking him harsher because I'm used to him having those powerful runs and you know being able to really set us up forward. You know, he's really missing his old partner in Connor McKenna, so he's going to have to find a new one. Um, and mate, yeah, just as a side, uh, you know, a game might be pie in the sky. Uh, watching the GWS last night, it'd be good to get a player like uh, Zach Williams. Um, I know he's in high demand at the moment and will be demanding a big contract, but uh, he's the kind of player that you could see linking up with Saad. But hopefully, first and foremost, Saad stays with the Bombers. Yeah, absolutely, mate. As you sort of said uh, last pod, you know, he's... There were talks that he had a four-year contract in front of his eyes, and uh, you know we, whether you, whether we got cold feet and you know, didn't want to jump the gun too early or whatever. But uh, yeah, like he he cracks in all game, had the twenty disposals, um, you know, three marks, laid a tackle, had a clearance, three hundred and sixty meters gained, um, and yeah, you know, he was actually like I think Port put a lot of effort into him. Uh, he was often. Uh, sort of corralled onto his right foot there. Um, but he didn't shy away. He chucked it on the right boot and was overall, like, fairly effective. Um, but as you say, like, just a bit stifled, you know, wasn't able to go on those runs because, you know, Port really congested us, uh, you know, coming out of that half-back line, which made it difficult for us uh, going forward. But I thought um, Saad's application of the contest was uh, unquestioned all night and continued to give his all and... Uh, that's that's why we love him at the Essendon Football Club. Yeah, definitely. He's a good player and uh, one that we want to see staying in the red and black. Uh, Anthony McDonald, Tim Woody, struggled on the day. Um, 
you know, he laid that big bump on um, Ollie Wines. But, you know, apart from that, only the five disposals. Uh, only kicked one behind. So it wasn't a great day for Tipper. Um, you know, it's been an indifferent season for him. You know, I think being away from home has been tough for him. Um, so, you know, let's hope we can get back to Melbourne next year and maybe some normality will help him. But he's still our leading goal kicker with 19. And I guess uh, for AMT, it was a tough day at the office. But let's hope he um, can get through the season uninjured and uh, then, you know, prepare for a big 2021. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I mean, um, his effort was there. He, um, you know, he kept pressuring, harassing all night. Uh, you know, laid the four tackles, laid some big bumps. Uh you know, had a few moments where he, um, you know, tried to break open the play, like had that shot on goal but missed. Um, had that, like a beautiful kick to, to Phillips, but unfortunately, obviously being a wet night, Phillips wasn't able to take the mark. Um, so, you know, he's, um, his efforts there, but just not uh, not able to make full full use opportunity. But as you say, like, um, you know, there are reports that he's, he's found it, like, very difficult um, this year, being away from his family, who um, you know we've we've known, like we've heard the stories that uh, you know they're so important to him, to you know keeping him grounded and um, and all the rest of it. So, as you say, mate, let's let's hope things can return to some sense of normality, um, like for all of us. But I mean, especially for blokes like uh, McDonald, Tip, and Woody, who do need that support network around him. Um, but. Uh, yeah, um, you know, I'd say a solid game from, from Tipper, given limited opportunities. And then to finish up, uh, it was Mitch Hibbard. And, mate, I think um, a line must be drawn through Mitch Hibbard. Uh, yeah, that's the way I see the club must be looking at him. If they think his best position is the halfback flank, then I'm sorry he's not going to make it. Um, yeah, his you know, inability to impact the contest uh, stood out a couple of times, uh, especially in that... I think it was the third term, you know, uh, when that red time goal was kicked. He had his hands on the footy, he was over the football, and he kind of just gave up on the contest, and Port got it out and got that goal. And I, I thought that was really poor by him. I thought, you know, if your strength is winning it in tight, uh, that was your chance to show that. And he kind of just conceded the ball, and it was an easy goal for Port. And I think, mate, I, you know, I just think he's a bit too slow to have any real impact. He doesn't get win enough of the footy, and uh, yeah, yeah. For Mitch Hibbard, uh, you know, we gave him an opportunity, but we didn't play him where he needed to. So his confidence is probably down because he's been in and out. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, mate, I, I just don't think uh, Mitch Hibbard will be continue his journey with the Bombers. Yeah, I mean, I, I see what you're saying, Jane, but for mine, I mean, his effort on the ball can't be questioned. He had 17 disposals playing in that half back in the back line rather. He made six tackles, which is bloody good numbers. Uh, six clearances as well, uh, which is huge. And it's just baffling to me. We got this bloke as a big body mid and haven't played him there. And like he's demonstrated even in this game where like I agree with you, like he, his work down back wasn't great, but you know he's demonstrated when he has been involved in a clearance situation. He's got that ability to extract the footy. Um, so why haven't we played him in the midfield, like the centre of the ground, where, you know, he doesn't need to have um, super speed? I mean, 
like I'm not, I'm not comparing him to Joe Watson, but you know Joe Watson was never a, a player gifted with speed, but what he could do is throw his body around and uh, get the ball out for us, and you know we'd see him get it out to a Stanton or or a Heppel or you know like these other players who can use the footy better going forward because he's given them the opportunities to run onto it and have a bit more open space. So it's like I feel um, we're marking Mitch Hibbard very hardly when he's not being given the opportunity to to play in a position that we drafted like we drafted him for. Um, so that's that's a fault of the Essendon Football Club for mine. Uh, and like it, it's never it was never a position that uh, Mitch Hibbard was going to be suited for. Um, and I think he's he's uh, plied his trade as, as hard as he could, and I, I just do feel sorry for him that um, you know this was his opportunity, and uh, you know we we've basically um, not giving him the the best chance to to show what he uh, show what he can do. I'm actually hoping in this last game we say all right, look, let's chuck a Clark in there, let's chuck a Hibbert in there to show what they can do in the midfield. Uh, because if if we have put a line through him without even trying him in a role that we uh, sort of picked him up for, oh, I think it's poor management uh, by the footy club for mine. Yeah, now and I just want to go over my comments. Uh, I didn't want that to sound personal, but it's just more like when I say they've drawn a line across him. To me, if you're not going to play him where his best football can be played, then. I don't think he's going to be a halfback flanker. So that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm thinking if you're going to play him off the ball, then he's not going to be suited for that role. You've got to give him a chance to be a distributor inside that midfield and maybe get a shield or a Zach Merritt free, and then they can use the ball. And um, you know, but you haven't done that for long enough this year, and you know, so he's been you know left basically being played as a utility and then he's neither here or there and uh, as I said like, you know the six tackles is great but uh, you know you've got to hold your body over those contests and um, you know if he can do that and he, he could have been a bit more valuable I believe and maybe the club's seen that they don't think he was capable of that I don't know but you know they've drafted him to help in the midfield they haven't used him there, so to me, that's the club saying, uh, you know, we've got better options. And if that's the case, with the list sizes going down, then that puts that player under real scrutiny to keep their position on the list. So um, let's wait and see. Uh, all those decisions will be made after the season, but um, yeah, that's by the numbers. And uh, it's tough to do them after these losses because. You know, one of the main things we said when we did these, we don't want to pop players, you know, because neither of us played AFL football. None of us would have the idea of, um, you know, making football your full-time profession. Uh, we would have loved to have the opportunity, but there's a thing called skill and talent you have to have a, to be able to do that. So, uh, unfortunately, mine was a bit lacking. Mate, we, you weren't there either. So, um, yeah, I'm giving you a pot shot now, but... um. <laughs> As long as I'm giving myself one as well. But, um, yeah, look, we understand the players, you know, would never question their effort. Um, it does sometimes seem they don't play with passion, um, and that's something I would question because I know, mate, um, either of us wore a bomber jumper, even if we couldn't win the footy, uh, 
there would be tears coming out of our eyes, just you know, striving for everything we did. Um, and sometimes I don't see that in the players that um, are out there, and that's when you get a little bit, um, you know, you mark them probably a bit harsher than you should. But, uh, you know, for the players' sake, um, you know, I want the players that play for the Essendon Football Club to really know what a privilege that is. And, um, yeah, we might mark you harshly at times, but um, understand that we love the Bombers and we just want to see the best for the club. All right, mate, we'll have a break and uh, we'll come back and uh, we'll wrap up the show with our, you know, match uh, or team site, the team to be named uh, prediction uh, for the game against Melbourne. You're listening to Dunscast, and as we wrap up the show, mate, um, now we've actually done. Um, a, a match preview of the Demons. Did you know that, mate? <laughs> we did that all the way back in round three, I believe. Yeah, beauty. Oh, well, I wanted to do that show. No, just kidding. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's been a long time coming, mate. And uh, yeah, it's well, it's certainly going to be a, a different uh, prospect from what it was uh, back then. But um, yeah, let's let's see how we go. Um, just before you get in there, mate, I was going to say that it's funny, the man that, you know, and uh, it wasn't through his fault, by the way, uh, Connor McKenna prevented that game from being played after being, you know, found positive of COVID-19, isn't with the Bombers anymore. So that's the kind of irony of it um, when you think of it that way. But, yeah, go ahead, mate, uh, discuss your thoughts. Yeah, Beauty Lane, no, that's, that is a, a shame, you know, we couldn't have him around for, for a last farewell game, but... Um, you know, Connor's obviously made the decision for himself and, and for his family and uh, good luck to him uh, in the years ahead. Uh, he certainly served as well while he was here. Um, but going into this game, mate, uh, you know, you'd have to think, you know, Melbourne are, are um, performing, um, yeah, fairly well. And, um, you know, I don't see a lot of changes happening for this game, James. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, whether it's through injury or... Uh, you know, it does seem like the the clubs put lines through a number of players, so it, I don't think that we'll see them uh, come back for a game. Um, but you know, in, in terms of outs for us, um, you know, I think uh, Tom Cutler uh, will will miss. Uh, you know, he just didn't didn't show enough on the night. Um, so I think uh, Mason Redmond should come in for him. Uh, you know, it was sort of a baffling decision for me to, to leave Redmond out of that side. But uh, be that as it may, let's hope he, he comes back in as able to have one last uh, crack at it for the season. Um, yeah, I think Hooker comes back in. We really miss him uh, down back against Port. Um, and I think, you know, we needed another big body down there. So I think Gleeson will uh, will miss for next game. So Hooker coming in. And... Uh, you know, I guess the the big one with rumours that uh, Bell Chambers will hang up the boots at the end of the year. Uh, I think Bell Chambers will come back in for a bit of a farewell game. Uh, so Phillips likely to come out of the side uh, for him. Uh, any other changes you'd see, James? Uh, just depending on the fitness of Francis and Laverty. Um, you know, there's been talk that they were available for selection. So... Uh, 
maybe Francis and Laverty could be considered, uh, depending on if they're right to go. Um, they'll probably be the other two. Uh, the other one I was wondering about, sometimes in these last games of the season, um, you throw in a young player to give him a bit of a taste. So would a Harrison Jones um, you know, get an invite to have a game against the Ds and see what AFL footy's all about? Um, I think the Bomber fans would like to see him. Um, you know, he's very slight and but a promising key position player. And, um, you know, uh, Ned Carl, we, we haven't seen him. You know, we know he had that um, pec injury. So, um, you know, he's supposed to have been back and ready to go. So um, I, I don't know if he'd be considered. But, yeah, mate, it's hard to see um, what the club does at match committee because... Every week we get those three or four or sometimes five or six changes and some of them are quite left field. So, um, yeah, I think the ones that you said are probably more likely, but obviously, you know, for the Verde was fit, you'd probably throw him in um, and, you know, we'll wait and see once the side's been named. But One uh, one other left field one I just thought of then, James, would you chuck Henry Crawford in uh, for a shot at it? Like a bigger-bodied uh, player, he... You know, you've seen some highlights of him in the in the scratches where he's taken a few grabs and kicked a few goals. Um, you know, obviously we've we've got to cut the list at the end of the season. Would you give him this one opportunity to to show what he's got at AFL level? Well, I believe, mate, he's been sent home. So um, I heard he had a little bit of an injury concern, and the club has sent him home. So he's back in Adelaide. Um, so yeah, that's what I've heard there. So. Um, yeah, so I think that takes that out of the equation. Um, again, the club's not great at communicating these things to us um, as fans. So a lot of it's scuttlebutt and rumour, and um, yeah, I can't confirm that 100%, but that's what I've been told. So um, we'll wait and see if that's true. But yeah, I think with list size uh, trimmed down and him being probably the last player added, it's another player we probably will never see and probably that's the missed opportunity of this COVID-19 season um, to me once your club's really struggling why not give some players that you know haven't shown a lot in the um, scratches throw them in a real footy match and see what you got and then make an informed decision because um, you know we heard about these you know players like Crawford kicking you know three or four goals in a scratch match or why not at the time just give them a game and see see what they do at AFL level, uh, senior level. So, but the club hasn't made those decisions and yeah, probably missed an opportunity there. But uh, yeah, anything else you wanted to add, mate? No, mate. I think we're we're just about done and dusted. All right, mate. Well, uh, yeah, we we know we're committed to this because um, yeah, after a big loss, fifty points, we've still done a nearly two hour show. So, um. Good stuff, mate. Thanks for your commitment. Um, we've got one more, you know, match ahead for 2020. Thank goodness. Um, in terms of, you know, we would have loved to have played in finals, but this year wasn't going to be the year, unfortunately. And secondly, um, you know, we just need that reset button, Prost, mate. And um, hopefully we can come back, you know, to a bit more structures and a bit more the club that we love, um, you know, playing the way that we'd like to see them. So until next week, go Bombers. Go Dons.